my mom's like, no, go, go. And I'm like, trying not to feel like guilty about it. And she's like, no, go. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, like, obviously, when we come back, I'm going to be devoted to her. Like, this is maybe like our little trip just to get away. She's fine. She's stable. Like, they're just like keeping an eye on her. She's got most of her tubes out. The day before we leave, you know, I'm with her and uh, at the hospital and I go to leave and I get so scared. Um, and then I'm like hugging her and then I go back to her for one more hug and she's like, go Fiona. And I'm like hugging her and I hug her a little too tight. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Fiona, Fiona, like go. Like she's like, get out of here. And I'm like tearing up. I've barely teared up the whole time. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'll just be back in a few days. Hopefully you'll be home. And like, you know. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to I've Been Better season, what are we on now? Eight, seven? I don't even know anymore. We're doing all these recordings and I can't even keep up. I think we're on eight now. But welcome back. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead, and I am so grateful for everyone here that is listening and has been following along from the beginning. If you're a new listener, I've Been Better is a storytelling podcast where we hold space for other people to share real stories about real times in their lives. And we are just so grateful for people that are interested in hearing from these very real people. They can be your neighbor, your coworker, your friend, someone you know from a community that you're a part of, could even be your mail lady. Have gotten lucky to have a male lady on yet, but maybe one day. Today, I have a wonderful guest, someone who I have come to know very well over the last year of our lives, not out of the best circumstances, but it has been a wonderful time getting to know them. So before we dive into our guest for today's episode, just want to remind everyone to please follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have not, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, if that is an option. Those really do help. And I know I sound like every other podcast podcast you probably listen to, but it is nice for us to see that as well, that people are enjoying listening and that way we can keep doing it and providing these episodes to you all. So thank you so much for that. Okay, let's dive into today's episode. It is June 2023 here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we are actually enjoying a very oddly cool day in the beginning of our spring, summer, or end of spring heading towards summer season. So it's a wonderful, cozy day for a podcast recording. So I would love to introduce you all to my old co-worker, become DPC group member slash friend and fellow kind of cottage Corey lover, Fiona Cordova Paul. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Hello. It's so good <laughs> to have you. She's so snuggly, y'all, on this little couch mm -hmm. with the pod loft pillow and a blankie and of course jazz is with us but she is under the couch today doing her protecting from the ground so let me tell y'all a little bit about fiona uh, fiona is a licensed structural engineer and lead bridge inspector at hdr she was born in bolivia is a citizen of ireland and a naturalized american citizen as of 2018 whoop, whoop. she immigrated here with her family when she was five years old she's currently married to a her wonderful high school sweetheart and has the cutest five-month-old baby boy she has the best dog, funnest cat, and a handful of chickens. She likes to read, binge K-dramas, go for walks and hikes, travel, video games, and garden. And one thing that she wishes she had more time to do was to cook or experiment. I love that. What, do you, uh, what would you want to cook if you had more time? Just a big array of food. Like everything from like, yeah, like all over the world, international cuisines. I would like I to that. try, have more time to. And it's like 
it's like have more time to use the ingredients that you buy for them right mm-hmm. like if i'm gonna make thai food i'm gonna pick up like some of those ingredients i need and you never use them again and they go to waste exactly yeah you throw and them in the I'm trash like oh, i didn't have time to experiment with an array of thai dishes i love that like and i need a week like of thai two okay? years old <laughs> This should leave my refrigerator at this point. <laughs> Did you grow up in a home, Fiona, where one of your, like, a parent, like, were you, like, the condiment household where, like, the condiments in the fridge were years old? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, the yeah. dressings, like, needed to have been in the trash a long time ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, isn't everybody? <laughs> I think most American families, for sure. For sure. Especially, like, if it's anything vinegar-based, right? They're like, oh, it's vinegar-based. It's fine. And you're like, uh, no. It's probably not even an American thing. It's just like a general family household thing, right? Yeah. Because like I definitely didn't grow up in an American household, but it was That's still true, true a that. household filled with things in the fridge that were questionable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anyone who owns a fridge. That's your life. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Um, you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Fiona, other than what I already shared or feel free to expand. Oof, yeah. I mean, I wrote, yeah, I put a lot in that. Um, well, my little <laughs> like, baby is seven months old as of yesterday. Oh my god, yeah, I just said five months, so yeah, we'll just well, like, that's when I wrote it up. So yeah, y'all see how long this process <laughs> takes. Okay, he's officially seven. Wow, yeah, he's born um, in November. Yep, yep. So he's seven months old. Um, yeah, I like pretty much everything we said there. We've got a dog and. A, uh, Dusty, who is our firstborn, I love first him. his name, the He's big so brown sweet. one. We love him. Uh, super fluffy. He's got a fantastic looking haircut right now, <laughs> and uh, it's like brought life to him. He's like, like I'm three. Yeah, he's gonna be ten this year, and the I double digits suck. Like what? It's scary. Yeah, like yeah. he's a big dog in the double digits. So but he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, he's been getting acupuncture for That's his right. lower back and knees. Tell who does it again. Ooh, name drop that Ruth. Okay. With K9 acupuncture. Okay, perfect. Anyways, we'll just Google she's it. She's amazing. Okay. She's veterinarian and also this vet acupuncturist. So she's got like this great medical side to her and also this like acupuncture zen to her. I love that. So like I love perfect her. blend. Yeah. And Dusty, he, he's more like a cat. So like he doesn't take to people immediately. And he took to her so fast. That's so, great. Yeah. Tell us a little bit. So engineer you went to state that's how we know each other from going to nc state mm. and we both worked at the gym mm. at nc state so y'all some i mean it's so funny we talk about this so often i've got some guests that are a little more obscure in how i know them or how they've come to be in my life and then i've got ones that have been in my life for 10 plus years and then we like do this full circle moment and find each other again which i think is really cool yeah 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 I mean, as despicable social media can be at the same time, like I can have 200 people on social media that I knew at one point in my life and barely talked to. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, at some point, 10 years later in my life, I'm just like, wow, I could I could really connect with Susan at this moment in mm-hmm. my life. I'm going to reach out to her. And I can because I have you on social media. <laughs> Instagram, right? The one couple yeah. things that they're good for in the world. Yeah. I love that. Um, so prior to NC State, where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Craven County, eastern North Carolina. Um, awesome. So uh, I moved there when I was five from South America. We immigrated. Um, what do you remember about that? Um, or what would you feel comfortable to? Yeah, I mean, I. it's hard to distinguish, like, because we left 
our house when I was four, and then we had to move somewhere else to kind of await mm. the paper, tra- like, you know, the traffic, paper traffic to get to the United States here. Right. Um, and, like, my dad was sick at the time. That's why we were moving to the United States for medical mel- uh, better medical health care. And so that's pretty foggy, and it's hard to differentiate what is, like, from videos and pictures and what is, like, from my memory, but... I mean, I, what I know, you know, based on pictures and memory, we had a fun big house. Like, I mean, it was like this big cylinder. That's so cool. It's a, it was a circle, like literally a big circle. Not cor- no corners. Yeah. Like there was one little corner offshoot, but it was a big, big circle That's to the point cool. where like if you get once you got upstairs, it was one whole room besides like a little like segmented area for a bathroom and me and my brother just shared that whole room you know we were children um i love that and we had like ducks um and might have had chickens i don't know we definitely had ducks because we had one really mean duck um and then yeah we lived um outside of the city la paz because my dad didn't like to be in like the concrete jungle of the city of La Paz and preferred to be with the more uh, native um, citizens of Bolivia. Your father is from yeah, Bolivia, yeah. like a native, correct? Yeah. yeah. And then your mom's from Ireland. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Do you know how they met? They met in Venezuela. Story gets deeper as it. we go. Yeah, yeah. Your they were amazing. Go everywhere. They were. They were both very amazing humans. Mom with her just go get an attitude, traveled everywhere. Like she just left Ireland at 18 and was like, I need to get out of here and do things and see the world. And then she jumped around from country to country in Europe and eventually just followed like a cousin down to South America. And then my father was a a journalist. So he jumped around a lot um, and was they were both working. Uh, She was working as like a secretary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's how they met. I love that. Yeah. Were they pretty young when they had you and your brother? Nope, nope. Much later. Um, my mom had me when I was 40. That's one. right. She well, was I'm 41. Like, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Much later. So, um, yep. They lived their lives before they brought you and your brother into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so you went to state to be an engineer. And that's yes. what you do now. Yes. Yes. You yes. don't have to tell us any more about your job unless it's very exciting. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, for seven years, I did bridge inspection, um, which was fun, uh, really hard at the same time. Because, like, sure, like, I'm outside a lot, which is wonderful. But I'm also outside a lot in cities and traffic or under bridges with snakes and spiders or out in the cold or out in the heat. Goblins, whatever lives under a bridge, a (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, well, let's be honest, yes, homeless people under bridges. Oh, I apologize if anyone thought I was just saying trolls as in homeless people. (laughs) I know, but like everything, right, like, I mean, everything. That was an allusion to like witches and trolls. (laughs) People who are home insecure absolutely have to find shelter in their own way. When that that one Pennywise movie came oh. out, and there was like something, there was I didn't watch it. There was something with a culvert, but my coworker, we'd be walking through this like dark, long culvert. If you don't know what a culvert is, sorry, I'm not gonna bother explaining it. it. <laughs> um, 
And he would start just going, I don't know, what is it that Pennywise says? Like, I'm here. I don't know. No he idea because I don't watch that show. Right. Either. I don't either. But he's like, my coworkers just start saying <sighs> the things that Pennywise says. And no. we're in like I'd kill him. one or two feet of water. No. And like, I'm just like, stop it. Yeah. No. <laughs> we would not be friends. <laughs> my God. I love that. Yeah. And then now I'm in the office and that's wonderful. Uh, the design work is great for me. I needed to be. The transition from inspection out in the field to the office came <laughs> at the pivotal point in my life that really we're going to talk about. I love um, that. Yeah, go yeah, go ahead. So yeah. I think it's been, whether it's been very clear right at the beginning of this episode with the introduction, as well as Fiona has alluded to, Fiona's a fellow griefie and a member of DPC. Um, definitely the club that nobody wants to be a part of, but we will all end up in one day. Yeah. And as Fiona mentioned, that's how we reconnected was Fiona reaching back out to me on social media. And like you said, during this really pivotal yeah. point of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, due to this podcast. I love that. <laughs> I'm so grateful that I remember that you messaged me and it was so moving that you were like, mm-hmm. I found your pod. I've been following it. Like I'm loving these episodes. It's really connected with me. And it's just, that means the world you know if there's one person mm-hmm. that gets anything out of these episodes and i get something out of them so at the end of the day i'm gonna i'll do them for ourselves as well but i just love knowing that there are people that find this beneficial yeah yeah i mean it definitely helped bring me to such a wonderful group of people who mm-hmm. have been there for me for the last two years yeah so when was that that you messaged me um like november like a month after like i was quick on it yeah yeah, like I was listening. So I November twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was November twenty twenty one. I dived deep and then was like, "I've listened to these podcasts and they're amazing." And I'm just when just you were you in know. the throes, and that's when you were starting your yeah. group. Yes, I was like, "Yep, well, here's a group. Come on, join us." It's perfect. Yeah, I don't even think I had realized. I do think you know once you reminded me of these messages. So y'all, Fiona reaches out, messages me like she just said. I think I had known deep somewhere in the archives of my brain that your dad had died mm. and that we both had a parent who was no longer on this earth when we were in college together. Mm-hmm. Like I think because our parents died around the same time. Mm-hmm. Like your dad died when you were young. Mm-hmm. Then my mom died, I think after, but like yeah. still when I was really 2011. young. And I was 2009. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So right around the same time, but both very sick. Most of our yeah, upbringing. Most of our lives. Yep. Yes. So yeah, we had that in common. Sick. And then I think, yeah, we just kind of shelved that away and like lived our lives and went about you know, being, becoming an adult and all those fun things. And then your life takes the like awful turn that mm-hmm. a few of us have experienced and then your mom gets really sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, at this point in my career, I was like, I'm sick of inspection. Right. Like I can't, like, this is like, like, like it sounds fun, but it sounds really repetitive and it's exhausting. Right. Yeah. And then at the same time, as a woman who was, has, I, we got married in 2018 <laughs> And um, so that it's 2021 and I'm like working my way. So much happened in 2018, right? I became a citizen. I got married. I took like my professional engineer license that year. Anyway, so yeah, I'm always like, what what did we, what happened that year? Um, So So time is an enigma. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. 2020 is wrapping up. 2021 is coming in. I'm like, I really want to switch. Like I'm sick of being out in the field. I want to have a home life because mm-hmm. I'm traveling so much and that home life includes starting a family. I love that. Um, so it's like winter, January, 2021, thinking of wanting to start a family and, um, you know, me and Keenan having those late night conversations and the, deciding that later that year we would start thinking about having a family. Um, and then just a few months 
pretty much like two years ago to this like month, early May or so. Um, my mom, I go to meet her to help her like go to a couple like appointments. And uh, one of those appointments is an endoscopy for her throat because she can't swallow well anymore. Mm. And I've already deep dived into the internet <laughs> to figure out what that was there's about. not a whole lot of uh options there like it's it's pretty much point blank yeah it's a tumor yeah um and there's not too many tumors in your esophagus that don't end up just being cancer and yeah so starting may of 2021 it was the beginning of her journey of esophageal cancer yeah and then was that pretty surprising for your little family on that side to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, because like she um, isn't a smoker, never smoked. Um, she's a red glass of wine once a night, you know, uh, woman. She it's petite, like 115 pounds. Like yeah. she ate healthy. Um, the only thing, you know, we'd like harp on her about is maybe like using the like same mcdonald's like coffee cup too many times in a row like yeah, or drinking was... your liquid just way too damn hot <laughs> <laughs> like so there were some maybe things that you could maybe, look back at on that point, like, right at that point you're looking for the whys yeah right like always and that every appointment she went to she was like both looking for validation that this was indeed cancer even though like you're pretty we'd sure we've been known already right yeah and then also like what do you think? Why do you think at each doctor appointment? Why do you think? Why? And, you know, is it from my McDonald's coffee cup in the 90s? Who the fuck knows what happened? Is it because I drink out of a lead cup from somewhere yeah. in, this, right. you know, whatever year? How well, what year was your mom born? Do you know? 1950. Yeah. So, I mean, there were definitely lead in items. Yeah. And I mean, she, so you know, knows? and again, like she traveled like yeah. everywhere. Right. Yeah. And you just don't. I mean, you know, different standards, different places. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so she, uh, and this she, was after, and not to like, do you even just to paint a picture? And you can tell me, like, no, fuck off, we're gonna circle back later. But your dad <laughs> had been sick most of your upbringing as well, so your mom right. took care of him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, from when I was about four years old in 1995 up until 2011, and I was 19 years old, he was uh, in a wheelchair with his whole full left side paralyzed um, and could kind of work as a journalist at his computer, um, but not really, not really receive income. And not to mention the fact we were immigrants and we were going through this whole immigration mm -hmm. stuff and our eligibility to work. Um, so like even then my father, I think even his eligibility to work was like, uh, I, I don't quite remember, but not probably not right but whereas like my mom was the visa holder so she was the one working right and you know she's an education degree so she was um or psychology degree but like was looking to be in education and in the united states is not the highest paying field um and especially since she wasn't even like a full-time like teacher she would have to be an assistant teacher or she taught spanish classes or um and then so she would work Two other jobs on the side, dominoes, like, you know, or cleaning yeah. houses. Like, it was just raising me and my brother in a foreign country. Um, you know, I'm five. I'm going into school, having to learn English. Um, my brother already had a good amount of English at that point. He was se He's seven years older. 
Um, and then, you know, my dad just needing care, you know. What was he diagnosed with again? He had a, he had had a stroke. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, he had a stroke. And he and wasn't just, that old. Well, uh, I mean, he's older. I guess he was in his 50s. Yeah. Right. If I had to sit there and actually do the math, not sure I ever have. But I think he was in his 50s. So suffered a stroke that was pretty detrimental. Yes. Yeah. To his ability to be independent. Yes. And we're again in Bolivia in like the second country, the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Right. Like, like, I mean, even though we were comfortably living in Bolivia, it's still like Bolivian medical care and just like getting, you know, everything about a stroke is fast. Right. Fast. The quicker you can get treatment, the better. Yeah. So um, there was, and I think even at that time, that whole three hours life-saving stroke reversing drug that is on the market now, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that was even on the market back in 1995 yeah, in Bolivia. I would have no idea, but I would doubt it. And we've had an episode with someone who talked about that exact thing. And so yeah, I don't even know that that was around that long ago. Right. Yeah. Or even if it had, would it have been accessible? Yeah. So we were a immigrant family. Um struggling poor mm-hmm. oh, you're in eastern <laughs> um, north carolina so like tack that north on carolina yeah yeah um uh and with one working parent um and the i uh, you know a father who needed medical help um and so it was definitely like uh even on the phone the other day what did my brother say he's like we've always kind of harped a little bit on how like we're very happy where we have ended up in our lives huge you know mainly due to my mother's hard work for 20 you know years to get us into you know colleges and stuff but we could have wound up in much rougher situations (laughs) because like again poor no me and my brother were I mean, we were free to do as we wished because my mom was working from Mm -hmm. dawn to 9 p.m. And my dad had was dealing with his own mental issues of not being this world traveling journalist. Yeah, literally going from being able to travel the world to being stuck in a wheelchair yeah, and as you said, he was in paralyzed, Havoc, North yeah. Carolina. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? Right. Yeah. So, um, and not really able to be, you know, a father figure for the most part for us at that point anymore. Yeah. But yeah, so my mother, I mean, at this point in 2021, she had retired. She was, you know, fixing up her house. She had like was getting more into her flowers and her gardening. She was doing like yoga classes at the Y. She was living her best life. She was right. She was officially kind of really on her own and independent. Like and she excuse me, she'd always um she'd always have to like like she'd always her job was always like an hour away, I feel like, growing up. Like if if she wasn't working three jobs and she was only working one, she was working like two counties over. Yeah. Like that's just how it always ended up. Um, so, you know, she was coming into herself. In 2019, she had had her knee, both her knees and both her hips replaced. Whoa, she's yes. bionic. Yes. She did that all in one year. Holy four crap. separate surgeries. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, she planned it out that way because, of course, that would be the most beneficial for her deductible. So she was like, boom, January, boom, April, like boom, every three months. July, uh-huh. boom, November. I feel her. As someone who totally does that with my deductible and how I plan out my medical appointments, 100% mm-hmm. get that. Yeah, so she had made it through that, you know. Um, 
And we we just wanted, we were like, okay, like, and me, I was ready to be like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to have, you know, we're going to try and have a family soon. She's two and a half hours away. I still want her to be closer to me because, A, I want her to be able to be closer to, to her baby. grandchild on my side. At this point, my brother um, had a baby already, but he's on the West Coast. And so, like, I'm constantly prodding her, like, move up to Raleigh area, you know, move up to Raleigh area, move up to Raleigh. But she had paid off her house, so she's like, no, I'm yeah, staying here. Yeah. And she loved the beach, so she wants to stay near the coast. She was really coming into herself, right? So the esophageal cancer came at a super shitty time. Such a bitch. God, <laughs> as, I mean. As great cancers do. Would never great time. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just. Were her appointments that she was going for otherwise more just normal regular checkup appointments mm-hmm. except for this like i'm struggling to swallow yes. and this is painful yeah, yeah 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 um and then yeah that started in may 2021 and after you know that was in craven county so immediately i'm like okay well all your care needs to be done in wake county like bam like i'm making the decision like we need to transfer if you didn't want to move guess what you're moving yeah you're coming over you're like you can come home when you can, but other than that, you're staying with us. Like, we got to figure out, like, which hospital system up here, blah, blah, blah. Like, which hospital system works well with the one we, like, literally just had your appointments at. Um, and, yeah, so then she started coming up to us to start, you know, everything from her chemo treatments, you know, getting all her a port put in mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, because at this point, she's, like, on a smoothie and, and a soup diet. Yeah, all liquids. All liquids right like she can't get down anything else. that's scary yeah yeah and we're tra- and she's tiny already and she's losing weight past. Yeah, so we're already like boost shakes can only do so much yeah we're putting in so much so then they're like talking about like once the chemo starts it's gonna be so much harder for you to want to eat um like we really recommend a feeding tube and that was like you know we did have to prod her a little bit on that because um, yeah, who wants a feeding tube yeah 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 and then it was also imperative that like it was gonna you know the types of feeding tubes like they were gonna have to use in the end she was gonna have to get like a surgery to get part of her esophagus taken out um and so then like that they were gonna like use part of her stomach so they couldn't do a feeding tube in her stomach it had to go into like intestines I don't wow. know that's like a g-tube I think anyways yeah so they um you know so that surgery and then um she came in and lived with us going through that so newlyweds more or less right you've been married for three years if not yeah, a little less yeah. and then we're you know obviously at this point we're thinking about having kids and now that's like bam full stop right yeah like, you're like cool there will be no more sexy time <laughs> while mom is in our bedroom next door. <laughs> it's like let's like i am now full-fledged devoted to my mom at this point at my job i had already asked like listen like i need to get out of the field and this is before mom's um whole thing because yeah, you had these other plans like yeah and then and they understood my job understood that like i'm gonna want to have start like having, having babies, babies soon yeah well um, I had kind of actually gotten like a no at some point. I don't want to get into that. But then all of a sudden I got switched into design. Great. Okay. I don't like, whoa, that was abrupt and it's good. Um, but I don't really like I was told no, but okay. All right. Great. All right. I'm back in design. I'm in the office and then mom stuff hits. So then I don't even like, all right, now I'm book devoted mom because now I can take half a day and do her chemo and drop her off and stuff and then head back into the office and work for a little bit. Right. But if I had been doing inspection, I'd be out of town. Yeah, there'd be no I would way. have had to take 
a full day or a full two days or a full three days off because I would have just had to be with her just even if it was just for a few hours a day mm-hmm. like my whole work day you know would have felt like gone um so by being in the office I was able to like manage both um and then that continued throughout the summer um and her chemo went well you know obviously she would get nauseous and stuff and as chemo does it still sucks um me and her like went shopping for like one of those like little like hats you know women wear or like people wear um yes. cancer patients wear like yes. like just those little like tight fitted little hats because she was worried she'd start losing her hair yes um and they were oh, super Jazzy cute in with you mm, hi oh you know warm up my hands sweet girl do you find a friend oh. jasmine's here everyone let me see i'm gonna take and we're gonna have a photo photo warm shoot up my hands she said, I'm ready. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I just have that memory of picking up, uh, you know, picking these little hats with her, and they're so cute, you know, and she hadn't really started losing her too much at that point. Um, and then they started talking about the surgery, right? Yeah. The surgery. Um, and So it's pretty quick. Scary. Like, it's May 2021. Chemo starts pretty quick after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, July. Yeah, and then we're like, okay, surgery time. Yeah, surgery October like first or third or something, beginning of October. And surgery obviously was nerve wracking. You know, the just like you know the one millionth nerve wracking moment of this three month, four month journey at this point. Um, and then we, she comes out and they feel like they did really well. You know, she's got all, you know, it's scary looking. She's got all the tubes and everything, but you know, she's, you know, for the most part, seems like she's doing good. And then, um, she, and then like a week goes by, she's still in the hospital. Cause like, I don't know, white cells are up or something. So maybe mm-hmm. she has an infection somewhere and they're looking, and so they're monitoring her recovery. Yeah, and yeah. like another couple days and again like another week. And at this point, my brother's in town because um, the idea was that like she'd be home by then. He would be in town being able to take care of her and me and Keenan could like just pop off to um, a friend's wedding for a few days in California. Like because that was like this whole like, thing planned. And um, And, you know, obviously I was feeling guilty at the point at that point because like um she was still in the hospital as mm-hmm. it was getting closer and i'm just like you should have been out of the hospital right now like mm-hmm. getting kind of antsy yeah we're antsy we're like three weeks in the hospital at this point it was only supposed to be like 10 days yeah um and my mom's like no go go and i'm like trying not to feel like guilty about it and she's like no go and in my mind i'm like yeah like obviously when we come back where i'm gonna be devoted to her like this is maybe like our little trip just to get away she's fine she's stable like they're just like keeping an eye on her she's got most of her tubes out um you know uh you know she's still like everything's healing so she's still on the feeding on her like g-tube or whatever um and you know she's coughing still but like you know they say that's pretty normal after this like this is very pulmonary intensive surgery um so she's kind of coughing up liquid but they say that's normal and blah 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 um and my brother's there um and i uh you know trying not to feel guilty like i'm we're okay to go um and the day before we leave you know i'm with her and uh at the hospital and 
I go to leave and I get so scared. I get so scared. Um, and then I'm like hugging her. And then I go back to her for one more hug and she's like, go Fiona. And I'm like hugging her and I hug her a little too tight. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Fiona, Fiona, like go. Like she's like, get out of here. And I'm like tearing up. I've barely teared up the whole time. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'll just be back in a few days. Hopefully you'll be home. And like, yeah. And, and then the whole drive home, I'm just like bawling my eyes out. I'm just like, gosh, I can't believe I'm... Like, she's in the hospital. She's fine. If you don't, don't be ridiculous. Like, come on. Like, she's she's getting better. Well, anything that she's comes into yourself, right? Like, she's gone through the surgery. It's mm-hmm. three weeks later. Like, she's getting better. Like, just go... Have fun. You'll see some friends you've not seen in a long time. Um, it's good for you. And um, we do. We do the wedding. We see the friends. It's like, I don't know, like a, like a Sunday to Wednesday, like trip, kind of an awkward trip. Wednesday, we're leaving. Um, and at that point, like, I think, like, she'd had, like, one, like, one problem. Like, she'd gotten up to use the restroom and, like, pulled her feeding tube out, like, the Sunday before. Man. That was a whole thing. Um, and, you know, Isabar was keeping me up to date. Like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we get to um, Wednesday. And she's fine in the morning, I guess, as far as I remember. And I'm texting Isabar, and I've maybe called her the night before i'm talking to her i'm texting them that morning and then we get in the plane and we land here in raleigh no we have a stop and his verse says gosh do we even have a stop i'm sorry i don't even remember i skipped to landing in raleigh and uh i see my phone and Isvar is like, you need to come to the hospital. Like, <sighs> mom had to get moved to the ICU. Um, Isvar, like, even got separated from her for, like, six hours or something. Between them, like, moving her, like, her oxygen level had, like, totally dropped. They're um, trying to figure out what's wrong. They're, like, CT scans and x-rays constantly. And um, so we, like... So I just know that I need to go to the hospital. It's like 11 p.m. and I get home. We Uber home, drop everything off. I get in the car. Keenan's like handling the dog because my been like my brother's been gone all day because mm-hmm. you know stuff happened at the hospital. So then dog needed to pee and blah blah blah. And so I jump in the car and drive to the hospital. And I get there and I'm a bit frustrated. And <laughs> I uh, I'm frustrated with my brother because I'm like, what the heck? Like you didn't make it home at all. Like I'm not understanding. Like. The seriousness of what's going on. The seriousness, yeah. like, I'm just, You're just like, like, what the fuck, our dog's been left alone all like, what day. Is, yeah, and yeah. what's going on? Like, why, like... I leave for four days, and I can't <laughs> hit, I come back, and shit's just hit the fan. Yeah, like, why, why why are we in the ICU? I don't understand, like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, um, I'm not understanding it. And I, I look back on it, and I remember being, like, very angry with my brother, and my, and then, you know, hindsight, you look, and I look at my brother at his what his day probably looked like right. and how it started off and then it, how it just quickly started going so bad and how like um and I get into the ICU and they pull me off to a room where my brother is and like a doctor and my brother's definitely just like 
there's it got serious like i can tell like mm-hmm. um he's either like been crying or like on the verge of crying and then i'm talking to the and i'm like he wants to talk to me about what happened but like i'm like super snappy with him i'm like no like i want to hear from the doctor like because i've been the main caretaker the whole summer and like everything and i've been so like you know so for me i'm just like i need the doctor to talk to me you know face to face to face and um yeah he so he's like comes in and he's telling us like there's like i don't know like a hole opened up somewhere in like her bronchial tube and just aspirated really 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 badly mm-hmm. and they can't they can't fix the problem um until she's more stable and she's not stabilizing and it keeps getting kind of worse and i don't remember all the medical lingo okay. and everything don't worry about and that. at that point at that point they're pretty much like like listen we've already had to do cpr once and i was just like what the fuck like yeah. what like someone just told you like she's almost died once and you're like i'm sorry what did you say what like no, no what like i just got here like i just i just flew back in like what <laughs> um and then they bring us back there you know and at that point i'm like called keenan you need to be here right now like i need you right now keenan jumps in the car and gets there and we're by her bedside she's you know totally under got the tube down her mouth and whatnot and um yeah and they pretty much are telling us like like in the way the doctors do like here's our options for her if she makes it 24 hours but we're trying to tell you she's not going to make it that long we're trying to tell you that without us constantly pushing drugs and constantly taking life-saving measures like I mean, her body is going to go through so much stuff in 24 hours if we try and get her to push, you know, like pretty much in the way the doctors speak, right? Like, I'm getting that immediately. Like, oh, like you're telling us to make a decision right now. Um, And then, like, either we let her, either we push you and you do CPR again. And what you're telling me is probably easily within the next hour based on her on her um on where she's at or um this is it (sighs) and what i remember of that time is like my brother like i mean you know he he she was just fine six hours ago so he's just like no like i don't understand you know like um like what else can we do what else can we do and in my mind I'm coming to this like I hadn't seen her in days and I see her what she looks right now and it's so different from when I hugged her and teared up and said bye and now what I'm looking at and then um and the fact that they've already done CPR and I don't know I feel like my mind just went like not like unemotional but just like a a weird like quiet of like I hate that I have to be the one to say this out loud but I think we have to let her go like I'm saying it because somebody has to say it and yeah. I think we have to let her go and I don't want it but that's what we have but to I'm do. scared to put her through more like look at her like this is a huge change than what I saw and I don't know um 
And I mean, no, like, and my brother might listen to this, so I was like, no hate to him. Like, he had just been, like, with her throughout the day and, like, had his own turmoil and the stress and that and everything to go from, like, normal bed to all of a sudden, like, getting the nurses and they're pulling her out and taking her to the ICU and her ox, turning on oxygen and all this stuff. And then... But man, it does suck to be the person to say that out loud. You're the you're like the overfunctioner. Right. right? Something we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Yeah. That you were the one that had to step up and be that adult and use that like logical brain, right? Like that quiet that you said. It yeah, wasn't that you your emotions turned off in like a negative sense, but you had to survive. You went into this overdrive of okay, don't have time to deal with those. These are the facts. This is what's happening. Yeah. It was this weird, like, quiet. And I'm going to use the word serene, Love even that. though it wasn't, right? Like, we're it in the ICU. Happy. Right. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. There was just this, like. <sighs> yeah. Um, and so whatever stats started going down that they would usually start pushing drugs to keep them up. Or maybe they told us, like, oh, we've pushed her at a limit at this point. If she codes, like, we'll have to do CPR. Whatever those stats are you know they started going down and they kind of looked at us and i'm like no more which is the most awful position i think anyone ever has to be in Mm -hmm. is what feels like you're making a choice but it's not really a choice yeah it's not it's like because in my mind, I'm just like, you're kind of telling me she's going to die anyways. Like, and then she's just going to, her body's going to get wrecked yeah. by us trying to push her. And I don't and want people that. people don't do well like, if you do CPR over and over and And they over already and over said, they're like, she probably already has some broken ribs from the last time. <gasps> and like, again, she's frail. I mean, she's, you she's know. She's on chemo and weighed under 150 pounds and was losing weight rapidly. Oh, yeah. At that point, she was probably like 90, oh, 90 pounds at that point. Like, right? Like. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we held her hand and she died. Yeah. And Keaton was there. Thank God. Um, we just sat there for a while holding mm-hmm. her hands and just, you know, turned off all the machines and whatnot and just kind of taking it all in, crying, talking to her being confused like like what the fuck just happened now like oh wait like now that now that quietness is starting like the commotion kind of starts coming back in up, yeah. and you're just like what the is this real yeah is this real i'm you're gonna is, have to be dreaming i'm, is I'm this in california real? like i literally just got home yeah is this, this can't be real? real and we stayed there and we eventually called her sisters in ireland uh one and um who had been like you know on the phone with her throughout her whole like chemo and her like bed stuff and our hospital stay and they were in shock she was fine that morning yeah um and one of them or a couple of them were in the medical field and one of them was immediately like you know Fiona you did good like you, you did what you needed to do you did like it's, it's oh you know she's like oh Jesus okay like oh um you know you did good it sounds like you need it sounds like they could do they did everything they could like just trying to give us already like that confidence in that choice and that validation that you did everything you could again it's not really a choice it feels like we're making a choice to let a parent go or any like anyone who's ever Mm -hmm. been in this situation Mm -hmm. with someone who's medically fragile 
it's not really a choice. It feels like one, mm-hmm. but it's because modern medicine has kind of made us believe we have this choice. And like you said, your family that was in the medical yeah. field was like, you did what you needed to do. Like without medical intervention beyond what was appropriate, her body was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like that aspiration was just too much. Um, and, and again, I had actually called, um, my friend who's visiting us now and she's an ICU nurse. And so, uh, uh later on that day, in the, that night, that next day, I don't even remember if I can like, remember, but I is it? explained yeah. everything to her and she's like, if you know, I've seen maybe like one person ever survive that. And it was an 18 year old boy in the height of his like fitness and youth, like without going through cancer treatment. Right. Like, who wasn't just on chemo. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound, that's not a survivable thing. Like, you're like don't don't beat yourself don't right right um so yeah we eventually left the hospital and one car three cars went in one car left and i mean that night just not sleeping slash finally sleeping like an hour in the morning or something and just coming to terms with everything and then yeah and then then the funeral process and everything begins and the telling people and telling work and like I'm not in today because my mom died last night unexpectedly. Like yeah. what a fun message to send, right? right. Like, Sorry, and, you like, can't come in today. Yeah, and my my uh my boss or my supervisor for, you know, like kind of the earlier job, um, you know, we're very good friends, so I just like text her like this is what just happened tell everybody bum 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 you know i'm glad you had that and she was just like she later on and like she she would tell me she was just she's like she she did like a crazy double take like <laughs> what like saw the text didn't believe it had to look at it like could not believe her you know her eyes that what i was texting her because like nobody expected that right um and yeah, and then the grief process begins and the funeral process and planning a funeral and hoping and we're here alone, the three of us, you know, or yeah, well, like out of the Cordova group, it was me, my mom and Nizvar, my brother. And then all of a sudden, like she's gone and like Keenan's stepping in to try and help as much as possible. And he's telling his side of the family, which we're all really close to so that I don't have to. And then like we're trying to talk to Ireland and we're just like. We're trying to figure out if any of you want to be here or, you know, we'll push it for whatever we need to. Cause like, you're still, it's if, in COVID time too, a little bit. Oh, oh yeah. It's like 2021. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I mean, God, yeah. Like, COVID. COVID. Didn't Jesus, even think about right? That. Like the, yeah. At this point, I mean, yeah. Like we just had vaccines. <laughs> yeah. My mom made yeah. it through COVID <laughs> and then like fucking cancer came. Um, uh, and then, yeah, they, um, and then just planning and like, you know, she was very Catholic. So I wanted to give her what she wanted. But me and my brother aren't. So then we're just like leaning on my aunts to be like, like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. What is a, like, what do we do in a Catholic funeral? And blah, 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 blah. And then, um, yeah. Uh, and you are what? 20? And she had no prep. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. What am I? How 29? 29 at this point? Yeah. 29. Because I'm just go- I was going to be, I was planning my 30th birthday yes. for December. This is October. This is October. 20th of 2021 where she died and uh i yeah i was planning my 30th birthday for december um 
and yeah and then just trying to figure out like set a funeral with international family right in the not the height of covid but still a heavy time yeah that winter it came back and then yeah and then just them trying to figure out what they're allowed to do and some of them um have lived in the states before so some of them were citizens so they could come and others would have to get like a visa process and of course the covid thing had really like slowed that down and they're heartbroken because they can't come so like it's just like a mixture of who can come um and you know people wanted to be there and so we were trying to also set up and like my mother again traveled so much in her youth so by the time we made like a public social media announcement for the sake of the people in her life that we didn't even know existed you know on her facebook right um it was I mean, people living in France, people living in England, people living in Germany, people living in Venezuela and Bolivia and like just all over, you know, all from all over. And um, they, uh, you know, everybody reaching out and we're trying to set up and we're also like setting up this like um, virtual funeral thing mm, so people mm-hmm. could like log in and like be part of it. And yeah, she had no plans, right? She had, she was very bad. She had no will, <laughs> no, no, um, no, no funeral planning, plans, no none of nothing. it, y'all. Lessons nothing. to be taken. Lesson one: Yes, please have a damn will. Yes, I don't care if it's a living will. I don't even care if it's at least like my child, my family member, my niece, my sibling, my partner, whoever's name is on a bunch of shit, because it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, and they um. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, just figuring out, like, well, where do we bury her, you know, and, you know, figuring out her Catholic beliefs and making sure, like, okay, let's just give her, like, the most Catholic of burials as we possibly can, even though, like, like, it was probably, that she would probably say that's excessive, but, like, whatever, like, that's we're the going only option. In. Yeah. Right, like, we're not going to cremate her, we're going to bury her, like... Where do we bury her? We're not going to bury her back in Havelock where me and my brother will never move back to. I'm living, you know, I have a house here. I love living here in the Triangle. Like, you know, it's far from Isvar, but at least it's here, like near me. Um, you know, like people, even family in Ireland was like, do you want to bring her here? And I was like, I, and that is the one thing I did once get out of my mom. Because my father is buried in Bolivia. We took his ashes there and buried mm-hmm. them next to his father. Um, and I remember asking, like, Mom, do you want to be, like, in Bolivia? Do you want to be in Ireland with your parents? Like, what What do you want? Like, I just random conversation one day. And she was just like, no, I want, I want to be near you. I want to be near you. And I was like, okay, all right. So that... One thing, right? One thing I got that stuck with me. And I was like, okay, so... So be it. Like you're Come in the city of Oaks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we picked um beautiful cemetery uh, under and got her a spot under a pine oak. Yeah, um, we'll post a picture. If you yeah. are local, she... What's the name of the cemetery again before I butcher it? Um, Historic Oakwood. That's what I thought. Cemetery. Okay. Um, And it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Beautiful to walk through. Trees are glorious. Birds are glorious. Perfect for my mother. Yeah. We've got wind chime and a bird feeder in the tree above her oh and the stories we've been told about the journey of this cemetery oh, yeah, yeah. they're wonderful her. but yes sometimes yes what i loved about it is that you can kind of make the plot your own mm-hmm. it's not like this like perfectly manicured spot like it is, you can make it your own it's just the balance of <laughs> what the 
the landscaping landscaping crew might take away. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, take away and what it should should have stayed. (laughs) But it's okay. Um, We figured it out. I just want to sit for a minute and acknowledge what I, I know we've talked about before on this podcast, but just how quickly things can turn. And like you said, I mean, there was, I don't know that we would call it like you had a feeling. I think even if nothing had happened with your mom and she would have been fine, you still would have responded the way you did before going on that trip. But it was like your worst fear come to life right? you leave and you have to convince yourself to go. And then the minute you land, reality sets back in again and you're like, oh, fuck, she's dying. There's like, yeah, like... I my, left with hope. Right. I come back, it is gone. Because my dad died when I was in school. Um, and so, like, we came home and he was already gone. And I don't know, maybe that had, I don't know, maybe that had a thing on, to say with it. Maybe that was, like, some, you know, mm-hmm. underlying trauma that when I was leaving my mom in this vulnerable state, I was just like, okay. I don't want this to happen you. again. And you had yeah. to convince yourself. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, this is crazy. What are the chances? She's right here. She's fine. <laughs> don't ever challenge the universe on that, y'all. It's crazy. And then, and then I, and then the, also the fact that I did make it home. Yeah. Yeah. Like so many things could Just have happened that you goodbye. wouldn't have made it home. Just to say goodbye. Well, and I made it home, but. Yeah. So. It's absolutely tragic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was from early May to October. That was her cancer and her journey. Yeah. So fast. It's so fast. And we were making so many plans for the future, right? We'd yeah. gotten her a new car. <laughs> Mm. One I did not put my name on, so I don't know what to do with because the title's still in her name. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole topic we cover in, in DPC. Yeah. It's not that it's stupid. Who would have thought about that? Right? Who would have thought about that? Everyone yeah. listening to this is like, I fucking would have never thought about that. Yeah. And now you will. Mm-hmm. Our our world, and then again, I say this all the time. Specifically, this country needs to do a much better job on acknowledging. Mm-hmm how to deal with death and dying yeah and just illness and these types of things we make it so difficult it shouldn't be this hard for that if your parent has died and you are next of kin to obtain the lease to a car like it it's a fucking car like it shouldn't be this difficult to the point where you are so just number one grieving and then exhausted and now and you know i want to give it some time to also talk about what's happened in your life since then and you're you needing to take care of yourself. The last thing you want to think about is all the hoops you have to jump through mm-hmm. to figure out what to do with this car. And all of the bills starting to flood in under her name. <laughs> and all the places you got to call to be like, oh, yeah, can you uh, cancel this uh, withdrawal? Yeah. Yeah, she's dead. And they're like, what? <laughs> well, because most people like lie about those things, right? Like, oh, my grandma died. <laughs> and you're like, no, bitch, she dead. Like, I remember having that same mm-hmm. argument with the phone company. And I had to pay for another month of this phone because I didn't tell them at the right time that he died. Mm-hmm. And just like the lack of and I get it. It's not their fault. They're not trained to like deal with mm-hmm. that. But the lack of empathy right from these individuals working in these jobs. I'm like screaming and this poor person. Right. I remember screaming on the phone to whatever I think we had 
um, sprint at the time being like, he's fucking dead. Like, cancel this phone. Like, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I remember them being like, is there anyone else in your family that can take the phone? And I was like, <laughs> bitch, they all dead. Okay, no, no. But, and they already have a phone. We don't want this old person flip phone. Like, take it back. That's like my internet story. I was calling to cancel Spectrum Internet. And the guy was like, well, what other service are you going with? Oh, I'm not. We're not. We're not. He goes, you're not going to have internet in this house. And in my back of my mind, I'm like, nobody lives in this house. I'm like, the ghosts don't need it. Right. And, and I mice. don't also tell people, like, this house has nobody living in it. Like, you I'm don't not going to let them Right, know right, that. right, right. Yeah. Right. So I'm also like, no, we don't need internet in this house. He goes, I don't understand. What, who are you going with? Do you need a new plan? We can f- find you a different rate. And I'm like, no, I'm canceling my internet. Please cancel it. He's like, but what, who are you going to? Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm canceling the internet, point blank. That's it. I don't need internet in this house. Is it canceled? Can you tell me yes or no right now? Yes, it's canceled. And he like hung up on me. And I was like, okay. I yeah. Mean. It's like they're just so sales minded, right? That they're like not even thinking that there could be a possibility right. that like, hello, I don't need internet here anymore because no one fucking lives there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you that because also we don't live in a world that's really great about trusting mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I'm not going to advertise that. Oh my God. So I, we could talk for hours about what the last we're coming up like a year and a half, right? Have been like for you. It's, two, you know, yeah. A year and a half from her. Well, yeah. We're about a year and a half from her death, but like two years from like yeah. the start of it. Yes. We're two years. Exactly. Two years from the start of it. We can talk about like, what did you do after and what have you been doing to take care of yourself? And then I also clearly want to acknowledge, right? You, you have had a baby. You have right. expanded your life since and then. And then I, Right. Yeah. And yeah. So through the grief process like that, and I'm, I'm immediately reaching out to you then that November, like I need people. Yeah, I need a circle like, that understands like yeah. my, I am like, I didn't grieve r- like well or right or pro- maybe at like pr- right for my father. And now I'm faced with my mother's death and I need a group and I'm reaching out to you and it's everything I needed and it's helped so much and then at the same time also like I'm broken and I need but I want to move on with my life like I I don't want to keep pushing my life off like I still want to have a kid like but when am I gonna have a kid like I feel so like mentally in shambles and Mm. I remember crying to Keenan about that and he's like well let's you know let's wait this year out and of course I'm canceling my 30th birthday party obviously and people are like well maybe you'll feel better in like two weeks no I'm not celebrating this. No. Maybe I just can't. <laughs> Maybe you'll feel different. No. No. Sorry. Karaoke sesh is canceled. Right? <laughs> like, it's gone. Unless you want me sobbing while singing some yeah. Celine Dion in the corner by my damn self. Okay? Yeah. And then I was the person that was like, I'm full-fledged bringing on all, everything, like, as whereas some people have triggers for grief and they want to stay away from them. I wanted it. I wanted to be crying. Oh, you I like wanted, overloaded yourself, yes. right? You were like, nope, here, bring them in. Come bring on. everything in. Oh, this book, a parent died. I'll read it. That's fine. Like, I will cry and it will release well, the it. stress, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like, I'm going to your meetings. I'm going to the cemetery and like crying at the cemetery. I'm putting together or I'm, I'm putting together a playlist of sad music to like leave the cemetery bawling my eyes out with and I'm like that's because that's what I needed to do I just needed to like release constantly like just 
I needed those triggers to help me release. Um, yeah. And then, um, and so taking care of myself was like doing that, but then also not feeling like I was constantly putting my life on hold for mm-hmm. different events. Cause I'd, I think I felt like I'd put my life on hold for a while due to my job a little bit. Um, cause it wasn't family friendly, like, um, family oriented because I was traveling so much. So then at this point, like, I think I was like a bit angry that now something else had happened in my life that I, the responsible thing was to not have a kid yet because I'm going through so much. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know, and I've developed like this fear of hospitals because you don't walk out of hospitals per my experience. Right. Like, and I'm like scared of the pregnancy and I'm semi claustrophobic about it. And like, Mm -hmm. And being uncomfortable and just being in like a hospital setting. And, um, but I also want to move on with my life so badly. Mm-hmm. I'm grasping for that. So, you know, like 2022. Yeah. Rose starts up and, um, you know, me and Keenan decide we're ready to do it. And, you know, I get pregnant. Um, and I'm facing, trying to face my fears about like, I'm freaking out about being pregnant because I'm super scared of it and the pregnancy and the labor and the dying and the possibilities. <laughs> the like, dying. Right. Like dying. I could die. Like now, now after grief, right? Like after you've had somebody die, you're just like, I could die. It is a real thing. Yeah. Could die. I could die. They could die. Like I'm now I'm just like, watch out. Yeah. Watch out because she died in like six hours all of a sudden. And yeah. now I'm just like, watch out. And um, so, like, trying to get to the right headspace during pregnancy, and I started doing so well, right? Like, I was actually, like, my my scared and nervous bar versus my um, my uh, my excitement bar was, like, slowly, seriously tilting, like, be, like, being more excited. And then, like, I'm facing, like, my fear about this hospital system. Like, obviously, I'm, like, staying away from the hospital system she <laughs> died in. I'm going to a different one. Very intentionally being like, I will not be going to that unit. Right. Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, I need to I need to feel comfortable with this. I need to feel comfortable with like labor. I'm like doing a class. I'm like doing my own little um what do you call them? Like motivational cards or whatever. I like, you know, that. chants and like just yeah. meditating more, trying to get into a better headspace, you know. Good. And I was feeling really great throughout my pregnancy too. I was like happy to say like I didn't feel awful. Like I was like you know, that was kind of spearheading it too. Um, and then I say this, and I kind of go into this because, like, I've been, I, I'll say, like, I've, the last two years have just been a lot, even just that time period with my mom and then following in with my pregnancy because then the pregnancy started going wrong. <laughs> um, and I was, you know, and even though I felt great, things weren't going great inside. And um, baby was small really small and like I had a doctor and we're in the, and after like an anatomy scan and he's like well femur length is a bit short and blah 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 and we're like well, what does that mean like oh no what does that mean and he's like oh it could be like due to dwarfism and you know like um he's throwing out all these like diagnoses but then he's like but I'm not an expert I'll I'll push you towards an expert like a specialist and I'm just like you know, me and Keenan are walking out of this appointment that's supposed to be a huge appointment for people because you get to see, like, so much in the scan and then, like, worried that, like, oh, like, like this baby m- may face some difficulties. And, like, now we're having to, like, prepare ourselves for that. Um, 
and we keep going and um, he's small and now that pregnancy I'm having I'm seeing a specialist my I'm going to Duke like I, I was setting myself up to like go to wake med and be like yeah I'm gonna do wake med I'm getting comfortable wake med I'm gonna go to that birthing unit and all of a sudden now I'm going to Duke because I need the specialist and I need a heavier NICU team and all this other stuff. So it was crazy. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then like I'm getting seen twice a week and I'm getting tests and like monitors and ultrasounds and like baby's still small. Baby's, you know, growing, but just really small, really small the whole time. And like, you know, you might need to come out like baby's going to need to come out early. Um, so you're not going to have like, you know, we're not going to let you go to term and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, like, um. And then one time, and like uh, at any point, baby might need to come out. And all of a sudden, I'm having um, it's just the stress of like being ready to get have a baby at like after every appointment. And I'm having two of those appointments, you know, a week. Um, and we get to uh, one appointment in October of 2022, and they uh, they're like, "Yeah, we want you to go to the hospital right now." And then I'm just like, and what? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, I'm still like, I'm in therapy, trying to face my hospital fears and like this pregnant. This like, is a very real thing. Wild we heard about pregnancy. this from other people on this right. podcast of like, once you have a really traumatic incident at a hospital where somebody, like you said, doesn't come out, it's very reasonable for you to feel what you felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm in therapy. I'm like talking about my pregnancy fears and talking about my grief and like my hospital fears. And all of a sudden I have to go to a hospital that I've never been to or haven't planned to go to. And I'm um, being admitted and I'm signing paperwork about maybe having a C-section that day. And the anesthesiologist is coming in and I'm signing those like paperwork oh, about DNR blood and, shit. Yeah. and all that stuff. And like if things go wrong, you know, we'll have to like perform a hysterectomy and all this other stuff like you're signing all this stuff all of a sudden and like they all leave and they finally leave me alone they've like locked they've got me all strapped up into all the monitoring and I'm like in the hospital bed and the hospital bed is doing it's like filling of air and the decompressing and the, the deflating and inflating yeah and which is so uh you know brings me back to my mother in her hospital bed and I just like look at Keenan and I'm just like what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And like, what is happening? How am I here? What, what, yeah. what is going on? And he's like, you're doing really good. Like, <laughs> you're, you're doing really good. And I'm like, what is happening? He's like, you're doing great. Like, you're yeah. doing great. You know, and like, he's like. It's like Chris Kardashian. Right. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and, you know, all I asked the, the like nursing and the doctors at one point during like that four day stay, I was just like, just listen, like, I just need to walk out of here. For my mental peace of mind. I had already spilled all the beans about mom to them, like in multiple nurses. Like, my mom died in the hospital like a year ago. Like, I'm in, it's October of 2022. My mom had died a year ago. And like, um, and I'm just like, I, I just, I need to be able to walk out for my mental health. Like, if you need me to come back the following morning, that's fine. But let me get out of but here. But let me walk out for one night. <laughs> yeah. Let me, I don't even care if you wheel my ass out, right. but I gotta leave. Like, yeah. Um, and you know, um, and eventually I get released and yay. they're like, okay, yay, <laughs> you're not going to have a baby this week. Um, but be ready. It'll happen at any point. And so then of course, like 
he comes what like two weeks two weeks two later, weeks later right yeah. at that point it's like at an appointment they're like yeah you know what let's just have a birthday today and i'm just like what and it was due to like he doesn't have dwarfism no yeah he's no. just he was a uterine um intrauterine growth restriction um so my body or placenta or maybe i ended up having a mild um, case of preeclampsia mm-hmm. my like blood pressure was shooting up um that like who knows like he just wasn't thriving he wasn't getting everything he needed um and he was growing just really slowly and off of their charts like significantly off of their charts like weeks behind what they expect each like gestational age of that Mm -hmm. week to be and um and uh so we one day yeah i went to an appointment they're like let's just have a birthday today and even though i was like trying to get myself ready for that also now all of a sudden i'm getting like an epidural and i'm like not gonna be able to feel my legs and like i'd already been like that was that's a whole nother like part of my like anxiety is like i'm slightly claustrophobic and also not having capability to handle my own body to leave a space on my own accord right right so like just put yeah that's pretty much everything with like a surgery and uh a c-section so yeah, um, did that like in like literally we went home, grabbed some stuff that we were like, yeah, let's just grab this stuff too, and then like went to the doctors. I'm think or to the hospital. And I'm thinking like by the time I'm checking in, like eh, maybe in like four hours they'll send me in. I think within two hours that baby was out. <laughs> They're like, no, we literally. I think right I now. got there like at twelve, and I thought maybe they wouldn't do it at like four, and he was born at two twenty eight. Um, and on November third, uh, and. I got to see him for a little bit. He was breathing fine, but he was super tiny. And um, so they whisked him off to the uh, ICN or the NICU. That's what they call it there, the ICN. Um, so he was there and I had to, obviously we wanted to see him and make sure he was okay at that point. And you're just like fighting, like your legs like work for the next six hours. <laughs> like you're in your hospital bed and Keenan has gone and seen him, but like, I'm like trying to get feeling back in my feet. And like, I'm like, I need, I wanted to go see him. Like I need to like feel him. And like, you know, um, and the whole time during my C-section, I had my little cards, like, like Love you can that. do this. This is temporary. You are safe baby is safe and i'm like reading them and like the nurses are like those are wonderful and of course you're if you know know, for people maybe who don't want to listen to like a birth triggering thing but like c-section makes you shake and so like like the anesthesia makes you shake and so like i'm just shaking the whole time you're like yes my car dog like please leave me alone yeah yeah. like i'm just shaking the whole time and then i'm like where's keenan because like he had he he gets separated for a little bit and then like eventually we're bringing dad where's dad we're bringing dad we're bringing dad you know they're like you probably just like look insane yeah and so keenan comes in didn't expect me shaking he's like oh my gosh you know so it's just like normal it's a crazy experience like and then the baby's out and then like you see him, you kiss him, they like take a picture and then they whisk him off and then all of a sudden you're still there for another 50 minutes while they like put you back together again. Put you back together, right. And then of course like the doctor at that point is like like, like I can't see him, like there's a blue tarp and he's like, did you have any issues getting pregnant? And I was like, no. He goes, did you have painful periods? And I was like, no. I'm like laying there, right? Like, no. And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, I feel, I'm finding some like scarring and did you have any endometriosis? And I'm like, this man is probably just holding my uterus Literally. in his hand, just like inspecting it <laughs> and like asking me questions. And I'm like, can we wrap this up? No, <laughs> like, Literally. Literally. <laughs> like, 
I'd really rather not play 21 questions right now. Like, please. Like, I would love to have feeling in my toes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm done with this. I'm Here done with this. Um, anyway, so, yeah. And then that began our NICU journey. Oh, God. You just couldn't escape hospitals for a long time, yeah. could you? And then it became... And then, and then you're facing this, what they called... You know, it's just NICU's this whole new traumatic thing. No matter if you're there for a full term with a full term pregnancy or with a barely, you know, barely feasible, viable pregnancy, like in the spectrum of the NICU patients, like you get there and you have a baby in the NICU and you've got all these cords and like just and like and you're hit with this like this and all of a sudden I'm not pregnant anymore. And now I'm mourning my pregnancy because, like, like I literally that night, like, the night of the C-section and before I got to see him um, in the NICU, I was, like, touching my belly. And I'm just like, he's not in there anymore. All that had to be sudden, such a weird experience. It was so weird. Yeah. And it was awful. And all of a sudden, now I'm, like, getting hit with this, like, oh, I'm not pregnant anymore. I was enjoying being pregnant except for, like, you know, all the shit that was going down on the inside. But, like... <laughs> I had gone from being so scared of pregnancy to liking my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I'm not pregnant anymore. And then, like, now he's in the NICU. And then, like, you feel this weird detachment. Like, and they call it, like, anticipatory grief. And, like, you don't want to bond. You're, you're afraid to bond. And, we, you know, it took us a while to name him because you're just afraid to bond and name this, like, little creature that you, you know, know what's gonna happen used to be in your body and yeah. like you're just like they tell you he's fine but you just it just doesn't seem fine and then you can't take him home and so then of course like now this whole process of like i'm healing and i'm going home and now every day and i can't drive and i'm having people drive me to the hospital because i have to be there every day because i want to be there every day. like i'm i need to be there every day now and then like my blood pressure is skyrocketing and my doctor's calling me and she's like, you know, you just had major abdominal surgery. Do you want to wind up in the ICU? No. Like you've been in the hospital in this, in the NICU for six hours today. That is not okay. You need to go home. And like, I know she's right. Like, cause what happened is like, I was at home and she called me and she's like, take your blood pressure, please. So I'm like taking my blood pressure and I read it and I like, I gotta want to tell you. So I just want you to know, I feel fine. I'm totally <laughs> fine. Before I tell you the numbers, she's like, oh, oh my. She's like, you know what? What the fuck are the yeah. numbers? Like, like, don't tell me to go to like the emergency room. I feel fine. I'll just rest for the rest of the evening. You know. And they were crazy. They were so high. And uh, she's like, I'm gonna put you on blood pressure medication right now. Like, like Keita went and picked it up that evening. And like you know, and then for seven weeks, he's in the uh, he's in the hospital, and I go every single day. Crazy, I get every it. day. My I can't like, imagine. my Google like was starting to go like twenty five minutes to work, uh, but now work was no longer in downtown Raleigh. It was Durham. that's what they thought. <laughs> yeah, going to work every day. <laughs> and then like I'm you know trying to take care of myself, but like not really. Like let's be honest. Like yeah, you I'm just about pushing. That. Yeah, like I'm not like I'm pushing myself to go there, and I'm like Keenan at some point because like the, and I'm I'm pumping for him to have my breast milk. So and like that takes off so many calories, and at the same time I'm probably not eating great, and I'm also like not sleeping great because I'm pumping every three hours. I'm healing and like Keenan's like you need to go down to the atrium like to the like cafeteria and eat like 
take a break and eat. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I just, he'd be like, you bring me home a cookie from there. So I know that you made it down there. (laughs) I love that. Right. Smart. Um, And then I'd be like, and you know, I'm crying. Like I'd be there sitting there crying. I'd be walking in, limping, slow, the slow walk in, holding my tummy, crying and walking out crying. And it was a weird thing to walk out of a hospital crying that I couldn't stay longer. Mm-hmm. That there was a point where I was just like, now I'm sad that I'm leaving a hospital. Like you know what I mean? It's like, like a 180. All of a sudden, yeah. like my brain had totally flopped, and I was like yep. crying from leaving a hospital. Instead of crying, crying to have to go in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so <sighs> it it has been a crazy. It has. Yes, and he came home. He's alive. He's alive and yes, well. He's he thriving. Came home. He's wonderful. He's the cutest little thing. He smiles at everybody. Just. We're absolutely infatuated with him. He came home seven weeks and he came, he was born three pounds, six ounces and he came home at four pounds, 11 ounces. And as of the other day, he's 13 pounds and 13 ounces. There you go. So he's doing fine. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. What are you doing differently? Because you just told us of all the ways you weren't doing a great job of taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And now that we are going on, he's been home for six, seven months. Can I do math? Uh, I guess he's been, he's about a month and a half in the hospital. So, right. Yeah. So he's seven months now. So six, yeah. Five, five, six months. What are you doing now? And Mm. what do you want to keep doing? Given like, if we're going to like put a bow on all of this, of what we were just saying with this theme of like, there's been so much chaos and so much unpredictability. And then there were moments where you were trying really hard to embrace these activities and interventions to take care of yourself. Like you said, these cards Mm -hmm. and embracing the grief and not shunning it and surrounding yourself with community and doing these things. And then we have the baby fiasco. And so now you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. well now all that's tanked because all I care about is this baby surviving and Mm -hmm. like me surviving. It's been five months. What are you doing? Well, I went back to work part-time. Smart. Um, part time like thirties, but still like I don't I don't work on fr- on a Friday. Um, I, I I did that be like oh let's try that for a little bit. Holy shit! Like it's amazing. Yeah, it's I what I need. It's like having that one day where I can choose to just focus on myself mm-hmm. or spend the day with my son who spends so much time at daycare now you know and and there's that guilt with that that you're just like I want to spend time with you because I barely get to see you during the week right. and then or I can have a day to myself um that's been huge like that is huge having just one extra day to myself that I'm not devoting to work or on the weekends devoting to you know the stuff that happens on weekends with family and babies and you know like spending time with the husband, spending time with friends, like just Friday to myself. I love that. Yeah, that that I think is the number one thing for me right now is can be very hard to let go of. <laughs> if I'm going to have to go back full time. I don't know. I don't I don't need I don't, I don't want you. to yeah. approach that subject with anybody at work. Don't do it. You got <laughs> take it for yeah. as long as you can. Right. I think yeah. that's great. It's huge. So we're working part time. It sounds like you are making sure you have time devoted to yourself based mm-hmm. on what you just said. Yep. Yep. Self even to like go visit my mom by myself too. Like just have like a casual like like lunch by, you know, under her tree um, and take time to like after everything that happened in the last like seven months with Kieran that like remember what the hell just happened the last year before that and just being like, all right. 
like, and then just, you know, sharing with her, you know, Kieran, you know. Yeah. In that yeah. way. I love that. And you come to group. Yeah. You've got a supportive community. Yes. You mm-hmm. see your friends. Yes, yes. You have your chickens. Yes. yes, yes. My chickens, my dog, and my cat. And my husband. <laughs> Sweet Keenan. He is so Very patient. grateful for him. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's so is patient. there anything you want? to be doing for yourself that you're not or something you'd like to be trying um i think now i just want to be like traveling more back into like like i think well our number one goal is to go to ireland this year um and see family we've just not been since 2019 and after and like there's been just some illnesses and things that have happened on that side of the family everybody's still alive and i'm so thankful for that but i need to see them yep now at this point I'm just like I can't put that off anymore we're going I want them to meet Kieran like I need that side of her family to be like to see Kieran yeah. because like that's what she would that, that would be like the number one thing she'd want is like take the take him to I really want you to take him to Ireland because that's what she had said to my brother like a billion times right like Aww. need to take her to Ireland so like same thing like um I just want to, that is now my goal is like take him to Ireland this year. I love that. I want everybody to meet him. And you can honor her in that way too. Yeah. 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 Because I really wanted to go on her one year anniversary because they were having like a special mass and one of my cousins was getting married like within that same week. And that ended up being the week that I was like hospitalized in October. So I'm just, I was like joking with my aunt. I was like, well, isn't it funny that I really wanted to be in Ireland this week? And she's like, oh God, Fiona, I'm so happy you aren't here. Jesus. Like, she's like, so like, she's like, I would have been so mad if you had come here. And, and I'm like, I know, I know, I know. Cause like once I was pregnant, she's like, you can't come. Like, no, you need to be there and be safe. And like, you can't come. Um, so it's really funny that like, I, I had tried so hard to go for the year and then Finally, I was like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't go. And then I ended up being hospitalized. <laughs> it's like you knew something out there. Another one, yeah. yeah. Another one of those cases. Given everything that we've talked about today and all the things we didn't talk about today and your life experiences and just, you know, all the other pieces that I'm not even touching, is there any words of wisdom or a mantra that you do find yourself living by or going back to? Um, I mean, right, like, there's been so many times and, you know, obviously in the last two years where I've just felt like Dory from Nemo, like, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> um, But, like, that's more of, like, a treading water feeling, like, mm. just try to stay afloat because there's just been so much the last two years. But, um. I mean, I think what helped was just the community, you know, um, like, you know, and meet up with a friend for a coffee. um, And then I just wanted to cry and she just let me cry, you know, Um, or, you know, um, or just sharing pictures or recently. I used to talk to my mom on the phone a lot when um, I drive home from work and and it, it affected me for like the first few months after she died and then just um that kind of like petered off but now all of a sudden it's come back like full force mm. and i'm just like now i'm starting just to call like a billion people like oh you're not picking up okay next like now i'm just calling people on my way home from work because like i just 
it's definitely for me now feeling a void like i need to fill this void mm-hmm. and it's unfillable like in the grand scheme of things like nothing i could send a billion pictures of kieran off to friends and family and i'm still gonna feel like there's that one person i'm missing to send a picture to but i'm i could try i can at least like share the things in my life that i would have shared with her with like 10 more people mm-hmm. um because i think that's i think that's what i need mm-hmm. you know so if you get random photos of my child <laughs> well you know just know that i'm doing it in honor of my mom i love that <laughs> i love that so much yeah and i'm just so glad that again i hate that our group has to exist but mm-hmm. clearly there's a need for mm-hmm. it and it sounds like it's doing some good mm-hmm. and it's offering a safe space for people to show up as their true authentic selves and cry i mean we cry every every session more or less mm-hmm. right there maybe your time at least yeah somebody's crying tears as it should be and i think it's really inspiring in many ways that you said you've embraced and really immersed yourself in the grief experience instead of trying to run away from it oh yeah because i need to it's crying it helps me really so much yeah right it i feel exhausted afterwards but in also in a calm way of like i gave myself that time to feel those emotions to really embrace and just feel feel deeply and now i can like go clean the kitchen (laughs) i love that that so much so again just keep swimming that's treading water but it sounds like find a community find people reach out to people Mm -hmm. make space for those people and make space for your feelings and let yourself feel what it is that you need Mm -hmm. to feel Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i'm Hmm. so grateful for you feeling like you could talk about your experience today and you know again i hate that DPC has to be a thing, but I'm glad it can be a thing and mm-hmm. that you were able to find us and we can get closer in this way. So I just thank you so much. And, you know, I, I hope the best for this year. I hope you get to go to Ireland, truly. Oh, yeah, we're definitely. You're like, no, yeah. we are There's, going. Uh, yeah. No, that's happening. We already had passport appointment for there you go. little baby. Oh, we are, we're going. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fiona, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to leave us with today? I'm just really happy to be included in this awesome podcast and I hope everybody also shares and subscribes because it helped me so much. I love that. Thank you so much, Fiona. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media at I've Been Better.pod.